Beyond the Fence Line, a podcast brought to you by the Texas Agricultural Land Trust. Created by landowners for landowners, we're proud to play a role in conserving the Texas legacy of wide open spaces. Thanks for joining us on Beyond the Fence Line. Starting this month, we're going to open up our podcast platform up to our own staff here at TALT to host and share more on their areas of expertise. So listen along as they bring their own guests to explore conservation resources for landowners and help celebrate the culture of our great state of Texas. This month, you'll hear from TALT Stewardship Manager, Hannah Blankenship, along with TALT's Regional Stewards, Brad File, Ken Kearley, and Clay Miller, to talk about how TALT connects with landowners across the state. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to Beyond the Fence Line. I'm Hannah Blankenship, TALT Stewardship Manager. Today I want to talk about how we connect with landowners across our great state of Texas. I'm joined by Brad File, Ken Kearley, and Clay Miller, who are our regional stewards here at TALT and are very instrumental in this process. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Hannah. Looking forward to it. Before we jump in, I'd like to give our listeners a little bit of a background on our regional steward program. This is a fairly new program, but the idea behind it is simple. We wanted to find a way to connect with landowners and be a trusted resource for those folks who are thinking about doing conservation easements. It's not just for landowners, though. It's also for agency staff and people who don't deal with these programs on a day-to-day basis. What better resource for them than their own neighbors? Our regional stewards are landowners themselves and understand the unique challenges their neighbors face. Clay, tell us a little bit more about the beauty of this. Sure. Um, You know, I I feel that my my day-to-day involvement with uh, with the ranch and and, and tenant to the the livestock, you know, it it keeps me pretty grounded as far as staying connected with with other landowners and the the challenges that they face on a day-to-day uh basis simply because i'm involved in those same challenges too uh and and i and that really helps me i i feel as being the regional steward for the trans region uh it makes me feel more connected with them uh, knowing, knowing the challenges that they face. And, and I think that's been a huge help for me getting started uh, with Paul. Right. And so, of Clay, you being in the Trans-Pecos region, I forgot to mention that Ken Kearley is our regional steward in the, the Panhandle and Southern Rolling Plains region. And Brad File is our regional steward in the Gulf Coast region. So Ken, why don't you go next and talk about up in the Panhandle? Well, as uh, Hannah said, I, I look after Tolt's interest, you might say, in the, the High Plains, South Plains, and Rolling Plains part of the state. Uh, and I, I guess the, the advantage of myself being here is that um, I, I was extension wildlife specialist for Texas AgriLife Extension Service, Texas A&M University for um, seven years up here and uh, covered this part of the state as well as some country further south and to the west. And uh, on top of that, I have a, uh, since having retired, I have a consulting company that uh, is involved with ranchers in the area as well as around the state. So um, I, 
enjoy being with ranchers. I enjoy keeping up with what's going on in the ranching world and uh, being able to <clears throat> apply some of that knowledge to helping people in this part of the state when it comes to Texas Ag Land Trust. The, um, it, it's an enjoyable work. I appreciate the chance to work with, with uh, landowners and ranchers in this part of the world and um, am happy to help them in any way I can. I, I think I end up learning more from them than they learn from me, but I'm available if they, if they need any, any kind of help, especially as it pertains to a conservation easement. That's the main thing we're, we're helping people with. Mm -hmm. And on your point too, it, I definitely enjoy working too. And there's always that saying, <laughs> if you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life, right? That's right. Exactly right. So Brad, how about you? Sure. So I, um, I live in, in Rockport, Texas, just north of Corpus on the coast. And we are relatively new to the Rockport area, but not so new to the, to the Gulf region in general. So I work up and down, up and down the Gulf region and also over into South Texas area. Cause that's a little more of my background. Um, I spent about 10 years uh, managing um, private production agriculture holdings over in, in the Southwest Texas area in the brush country, um, cow-calf operations and commercial hunting operations, a little bit of farming operations. And, and that was my background um, over in that area. And, and the wildlife side of things has, has kind of always been my, my largest passion in, in the agriculture realm. So. I kind of continued on with that and, and it, it played in well working, working with Talt, you know, once I started working with Talt a couple of years ago down there um, in the, in the Gulf region, um, I still have quite a bit of interaction um, consulting with, with ranchers down along the Gulf region and, and over into South Texas as well on, on commercial hunting operations and also contract work quite a bit with them in the, in the hunting season, kind of the fall and the spring. Um, and that's, that's a lot of, a lot of what keeps me busy throughout the year. But as, as the others have said, and, and I'll echo it and Ken made a great point on it. You know, I, I thoroughly enjoy working with landowners, working with ranchers. And, um, this has been a, a great opportunity to, to stay heavily involved with the ranching community, um, in my region and, and, you know, throughout the state. And, and kind of continue my my passion of land land management, land preservation, land conservation. Back when I was, you know, full time managing property, um, just kind of just took it to the next level, the next, you know, scale up and in, in a statewide level, and, and working with multiple landowners and and their conservation goals. And it's uh, it's really been a pleasure. The people I've met and and um, working with the tall team has has just been a thoroughly enjoyable and, and, and an honor to be a part of it. Thank you, Brad. And I definitely agree. Working with each of you has definitely been a pleasure. And you guys definitely know each of your respective regions and are and definitely serve as a trusted resource for your respective regions on behalf of TALT. So we really appreciate that and, and love that this program has taken off like it has. I'm really excited about it and hope to be able to expand it even further. So another valuable piece of each of your roles is your ability to support TALT in our annual monitoring. 
And for those of you that don't know, annual monitoring is a, sort of a, a requirement for conservation easements. And that's just our way of being able to make sure that the person who put the conservation easement on the property as is having their goals and objectives upheld in perpetuity. And so Texas is a really big state and um, it's really hard to get to each of our properties annually. And so we have our regional stewards help us out with that. So it's really valuable to have somebody come onto your property. Um, number one, that understands working lands and number two, that you can know and trust. Do you guys wanna say something about that? Well, this is Ken. Uh, it's my favorite time of the year, I guess, after Christmas. <laughs> it, it's a chance to see old friends and, and uh, see what they're up to now, visit the places, see some well-managed country. And, and so it, it's, a, it's a joy to, to get out and do this part of my job. It's a favorite part of my job. And so it's um, something I look forward to and something I hope is not a, a burden to the landowner. I try my best not for it not to be that way and to make sure it's at their convenience and, um, and it doesn't inter interfere with anything they've got going on management-wise. But it usually works out pretty easily and, and um, it's, it's something that, that, that is, is real enjoyable. And I hope the landowner thinks the same thing. I agree. Clay, how about you? Yeah, um, yeah, I'm going to mirror, mirror a little bit of what Ken said. It, it is, it, it's one of my favorite things to do. Uh, a lot of it because, you know, having grown up here in the Trans-Pecos and we've, we've got seven easements here and, and they're on some places that I had never uh, been to before. And then always wanted to see those places just for more for my curiosity, being a ranch kid growing up, you know, you always want to see the country across your fence and and so having the opportunity to go see those ranches it's 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 so much fun for me uh, and luckily for me you know several of the people several of our easement holders are are longtime friends of mine or either either the owner is or the the manager is so well, that makes it really easy for for both both the easement holder and and for me just ha already having that that relationship in place um and so, yeah, it, it, it's so much fun. And, and I appreciate so much the, what these landowners are doing. Uh, you know, there's, there's several, we have several quotes from landowners and uh, probably my favorite uh, is actually from an easement that I monitor. Uh, and it's, this land is too important for its future to be left to fate. And to me, I, I think that says it all right there in a very simple sentence. And, and, it, and it reflects how important the land is to these people, you know, that, that they're willing to go to have this easement in place for forever, you know, and, and they realize the importance of it and, and what it's going to protect for, for, well, until time ends, you know, more or less. Um, and, and what I really appreciate about some of these landowners is, you know, you kind of think that, well, it's these multi-generational ranches that have had it for five or six generations and they want to protect it. Well, that's not always the case. We have some that are new landowners in this area. And the fact that they can already see as new landowners and newcomers to this area, 
the importance of preserving this land, I, I think it speaks volume to, to their character, not having grown up and you know, watch what their granddaddy or their great granddaddy went through to, to keep this land but just a, a single generation and they already realize it's so important to, to preserve this land because as we've said before, they're not making any more. This is, this is all we've got and we need to do the best that we can, you know, to protect it. I agree. The monitoring is definitely my favorite part as well. Just growing up on a ranch as well, it, it definitely is exciting to be able to go to a new place and and to be able to network with other landowners and be able to learn about their operations and maybe be able to apply something to my own operation as well. I gotta say, I can't, uh, I can't say it any better than, than, than y'all have already stated it. So I'll just go a little different direction with it. Um, y'all hit everything that I, I was gonna say and more. And, and both Clay and, and Ken have been been at this longer than I have and have developed relationships and I'm looking forward to that part of it um, you know with these with these monitoring cycles coming around here pretty soon I'm, I'm just really excited to build these build these relationships with our current we do not have very many in my region so you know it, it allows me to focus on on the few that we do have and and try to build those relationships up and I think that's that's a key part of, of what the steward program is all about. You know, we have a, a large part of outreach and, and making new connections and working, working with landowners and different agencies and different conservation groups. But, you know, I think the, the monitoring and the relationship side of, you know, keeping that contact with our current um, easement holders and, and landowners and, and building those relationships where they're, you know, more than comfortable and have a contact, they can, they can call up or text or, or whatever is most comfortable for them and ask a question, you know, that may pertain to the, to the easement or, or things that they're planning and, and trying to work out for the future. And it, it's just so important to have somebody that they're very, very comfortable with, you know, re reaching out to and working with and, you know, staying abreast of any new, new items that are coming their way with, with some of these things that, you know, Talt is, is starting to work with on the, on the, um, ecosystem service markets and things like that you know i think having a having a, a firm contact and relationship built with our with our landowners is is extremely important so i'm definitely looking forward to to that part of of um you know my work with talt and, and building those relationships in the gulf gulf region the south texas area in, in general i'm very excited about it thank you brad we are too so apart from working with landowners in the early stages, uh, we also love hearing stories from you guys on landowners that you've met and helped throughout the years, whether it was with TALT or, or your own respective areas. Um, sometimes these guys become your friends and sh yeah, you share stories and lessons. Do you guys have any stories that you'd like to share today? Ken, how about you go first? We, uh, Hannah, we had an interesting thing happen. Uh, a sad thing, really. Uh, pretty big wildfire in 2017 here in the Panhandle. It wasn't as big as the one in 2006, but it was. It took some lives and destroyed a lot of houses and burned up a lot of rangeland unexpectedly. Fire is a friend of rangeland, but when you, when it happens unexpectedly, you're counting on that forage, and all of a sudden it ruins the economics of your ranching operation for a while. Even though it's going to be a 
benefit in the future. But one particular rancher that for whom we hold an easement uh, had a band of horses on his place. He was gone from his place when the fire happened and his neighbor came in, loaded up his horses and took them off to safety. And without him ever knowing about it, of course, he didn't even know about the fire and much less the fact that it was affecting his place. He ended up losing all the grass on his place. He, the structure, his main structures were saved. And um, of course his horses were saved and his cattle moved down toward uh, a greener part of the ranch, which was next to a, a big a lake they've got on the place and they survived. But thanks to that good neighbor, uh, he kept good many all of his horses. And so it's, it's not a surprising thing. Neighbors help neighbors all the time, but uh, when something like that happens, it, it really touches you and it makes you realize the um, uh, relationships that ranchers have and how much they care for each other and take care of each other. Wow. I'll share just a, a short story and it, it's it's not necessarily talk related, but it does kind of tie to conservation easements and it was interesting to me and I had a, a personal connection to uh, um, kind of one of my best friends growing up. Um, so it, there's a rancher out um, outside of Texas over in New Mexico and they were getting up in age and they were in a position that they um, they didn't have the standard you know ability to pass down the ranch to to the 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 next generation the next generation wasn't necessarily interested in you know having anything to do with the ranching operations and the owners were very very passionate about keeping this land in the family it had been in the family for I believe four generations already if not five and they were trying to you know trying to find a vehicle to keep it in the in the family and and, and maybe skip a generation or, or just have it available for those future generations to come back if they if, if anyone ever took interest in it and they were struggling to find a you know a plan and, and a way to, to make that happen and, and as it turns out they they had always you know run they have about 300 head um seed stock operation and they had always run the cattle themselves they, they had done pretty much everything they could on the ranch themselves hired in a little bit of day labor here and there but you know they were getting up in their in their mid to late 60s and and it just wasn't a, an option anymore so they figured out they, they were going to have to bring in somebody that that would basically act as a as a manager but you know grow into a position of a of a managing you know operator on the property and um and take over the full operations and run it for the next generation as if it was their own and um a good friend of mine had had um kind of kind of had the life goal of of you know managing property for for private families and he went to TCU and, and um, ranch management school and had, you know, several years of, of experience and background. And he, um, he got the job with, with his family out in New Mexico and he's been with them for about five years now. And part of that, you know, part of that transition was, you know, how do you make this all pay? How do you make the money, you know, make sense to, um, to have a, a full-time person operating it and, and, you know, figuring out, in in tough you know arid country um where, where you can't run high numbers of stocking rates how do you make 300 head you know pay for pay for all these new additions to the operation that weren't traditionally there like like this fella and the, and the 
and housing and vehicles and everything that goes along with it. And, um, you know, with their conservation mindset, they, they looked at a conservation easement and, and thought that that would be an excellent route to, you know, uh, one accomplishing their goal of preserving this property, you know, forever as a, as a agriculture property and, and keeping it in ranching and two with, with a paid easement, you know, bringing some, some uh, immediate liquidity back to the operation and, and accomplishing some of these goals of bringing in this new, new person and, and making those dynamics work. So they're in their, I guess, third year of working through the process and they are going to get their first contract finalized this, this year in 2022. And they're going to phase it in over three years, I believe. But um, yeah, with the conservation easement, it was a, a solution to multiple questions that they had to keep this this ranch land in the family and and you know keep it moving on through generations so it was an interesting story and I got to watch the whole thing unfold and you know even though it wasn't directly with us it was a, it was a really unique situation to watch it from the inside you know come through and see how these these easements and, and conservation um, companies can really and truly make a, a difference you know and whether whether land stays in a family or not so yeah, it was it was a neat process. I love hearing stories like that. I I mean we always say that conservation easements are just another tool in the toolbox. It definitely doesn't work for everybody, but when it does work and it works that well, and you can you can use it in different ways and be able to phase acreages in like that, it definitely is a great thing. And I love hearing stories like that. Clay, how about you? Sure. Um, one of our easement holders, uh, he's, he's my age and I kind of, kind of knew of him and knew who he was for several years, but he, his father is actually the one who, and his father and my grandfather were counterparts, contemporaries, whatever you want to call them. And so developing this new relationship with, with the current landowner has really been, uh, a lot of fun for me just because of and now the relationship that we have you know through through talk and the easement you know to be able to continue uh that relationship through talk between the families you know I, i've really enjoyed that and like i said we're the same age and you know you when you live out here in 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 this sparsely populated area you know you don't even though there's very few of us sometimes you never meet any of them just because you're busy and there's a lot of distance we, the last few years that we've spent monitoring the easements, you know, that we, we find we find out how much in common that we have and the same people that we know and the exact same experiences we've had, you know, both, both being ranch kids and, and what have you. Um, so that's, that's been nice. I've really, really enjoyed getting to know their family better and continuing that relationship. Uh, one other uh, easement holder is a young couple and they have, I believe, four boys and a girl, and they're all very young, young children. And uh, those kids, you never see them, but what they don't have a cowboy hat on, their pants tucked in their boots, and by golly, they've got a load of horses, and they're going somewhere to work cattle. And and to me, coming from a ranching family, and and always in the back of your mind, and really probably more so now in the front of your mind. You know what's going to happen to this land what's going to happen to the ranching industry you know there's you always hear there's less people involved in it and these young kids aren't involved in it 
And to see those five children actively involved every day, day to day, in the in the family's cattle operation, you know, it 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 really, you know, not not to not to seem hokey, but it really swells your heart. It really, for me, it does because that it's a little glimmer of hope that that this is going to go on for for one more year, you know, and maybe ten more years, hopefully a hundred years. But but just to be able to see that that family in action with their children you know it it, it to, to me that's what that's what we work for you know that's what we want to preserve and keep going is anybody who was making a go at it and it, it's not easy to do you know and anybody will tell you especially now it's harder and harder every year to make make money in the cattle business and then owning property and trying to pay taxes on it and and these people are making a go at it and i feel like that's 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 what I'm here for. I'm here to help those people any way that I can. And and if and if all I help is those or is that one family, then I've done my job. If I can just help help one person, I've done my job. I agree. I really love that we have such passionate and knowledgeable regional stewards to be able to represent Talt throughout the state. So let's talk a little bit more about the outreach to agency personnel like NRCS and Texas Parks and Wildlife. Ken, I know you've done a lot of that in the Panhandle region, especially with your background. Um, so can you talk a little bit more about how you do that? Yeah, uh, my background is in distantly in ranching for over 20 years now. I have not been in ranching, but I've been more involved in education, at least through uh, the extension service. But even back when I was ranching and before that, when I was in some wildlife research, uh, straight out of studying at, at A&M, uh, I found the value of the Natural Resources Conservation Service. Uh, through the years, they helped me with um, aspects of ranching. They were helping all they could with the research we were doing. Uh, and so I, I've, I've had friends and acquaintances in the natural uh, NRCS for decades. So for me, it seemed like the natural thing to do when I took this position as a regional steward to get to every county office and, and meet the people that are there now, uh, tell them about Texas Ag Land Trust and how we can help partner with them if they have a landowner that wants to utilize their Ag, excuse me, Ag Conservation Easement Program. And um, we do have, Talt does have a lot of people interested in that program. And so it's good for, for me, I think, to get around to all these offices in, in my areas of responsibility to make sure they know who I am and that we're sure enough ready to help them. Uh, people don't have to choose us as the land trust they use. We hope they do, but if they don't, I could, can still be a source of information for them as it pertains to how an easement is put together, uh, the part the landowner has, the flexibility they have in um, uh, creating an easement that, that fits them specifically, and, and what the, the cost is, all the various steps. Um, we have, thanks to Jacqueline Roberts, the on, on staff at Texas Ag Land Trust, a, a very good brochure that in a concise way gives anyone that's interested, uh, an idea of the, the benefits, the uh, disadvantages, and there are some, uh, to uh, conservation easement, uh, as well as the costs 
and associated with it and the process. So um, after you look at the benefits and the drawbacks, if you're still interested in the place, then it gives you an idea of what it'll cost you, how long it'll take, and what the process looks like. And so I, I hand that out to every county agent. Uh, well, I slipped there and talked about county agents. That's the extension service. I do visit those offices as well. But I make sure that, that the NRCS office, who is able to supply some of the money that would allow these people to, to do a conservation easement should they want to sell an easement, uh, it's good to have that in the hands of the, the NRCS office so that they can share that with people and also get a little more educated on the process themselves. It, it's sort of um, arcane, you might say, that not everybody knows how a conservation easement works unless they're really considering uh, using one on their place and then they might start educating themselves on it. It's not complicated, it's just complex. That's the way I like to think there of it. Yeah. And there's a lot of steps to it. So I'm still getting around to all those offices. I still have a few left in the Rolling Plains and some of West Central Texas that is partly in the Rolling Plains. But I've, I've enjoyed getting around visiting with those folks. Uh, with COVID in place, we have to sit, sit out on the front porch, so to speak, to visit, but that's fine and we've made it work and so uh, that's what i'm up to right now in my region uh, seems to be working okay and I, I intend to maintain those relationships for the benefit of landowners that come to them great thanks for sharing so definitely shows the pers perseverance to be able to continue these meetings like this especially mentioning covid and having to be flexible we really really appreciate you being able to do that and Brad, I know down in the Gulf Coast, there's a, a great network of conservation groups going. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Sure. Yeah. So um, I've, I've recently got involved with the um, Katy Prairie Conservancy. So they put together a, a um, grant proposal and, and received um authorization and funding on their grant proposal for the Texas Coastal Prairies Initiative is, is the, the name of the, um, the new organization. And what it is, is, is a group of conservation entities. So there's about 20 plus um, separate conservation entities in there. You have, you know, the names like Nature Conservancy and Galveston Bay Foundation, Audubon, things like that, that people have heard of, um, as well as you know, TALT is, is definitely one of them and a, and a large one on the, um, you know, the agriculture side of things. But um, what it is, 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 a, um, is a good pot of funding that came down to allow for uh, paid conservation easements on the Texas coastal prairies. Um, and, and that, you know, we've been working through the process. We, we have a, a monthly call working through the process of, um, you know, identifying these target areas and these these remnants of coastal prairie ecosystems and and there's a lot more out there than people would think of, of you know coastal coastal prairie um people think the prairies being out in, in the midwest and you know maybe some of that blackland prairie up around uh up around dallas fort worth but there are some outstanding tall grass prairies still remaining you know up and down the coast of texas and um but they're disappearing, you know, by the day. And, and every time you, you drive some of those roads headed east towards Houston, you know, it seems like I get over that way maybe once a month and I see a new housing development broke out and, 
and they don't break them out on you know the swampland. They don't break them out on you know the marginal the marginal ground. They seem to always be broke out on the most prime land out there, the easiest and most prime land out there taking out you know taking out agricultural lands. And um, yeah, working with this group, we've we've identified I think thirteen different focus areas in, in um, oh starting up around. Uh, north of Houston down to kind of the Galveston area and then going down the coast down to Victoria area that will be the focus focus points for this specific um, initiative and as that goes forward we'll we'll kind of move through a um, you know application and, and ranking process kind of like we do with other other um, paid easements and uh, um, paid easement applications when we go in for funding for for a paid easement application we're going to go through the same process on on this group and yes yeah, it's exciting to, to see another um, resource for for funding on on easements uh, coming into my area so and it's been great working with these with these different um conservation entities and, and i knew some of them i had contacts in some and you know it's it's interesting because as in agriculture, as as producers, you know, when when the name Nature Conservancy comes up, a lot of people cringe, and, and and you know for good reason in some cases. There's there's some issues in the past, and 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 you know there's there's things that aren't necessarily um, friendly to agriculture and ag practices, and, and a lot of these different entities. But you know, building these relationships with these people that work in these different entities, and and you know, being able to pass information back and forth. Just the other day, I had, you know, someone a contact from the Audubon Society, um, Texas Audubon, bring a landowner to me and say, hey, look, they're looking at an easement, um, ag specific, they want to run cattle, they, and, 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 you know, they're interested in talk. So, and they brought me somebody that I probably wouldn't have had, you know, wouldn't have had other exposure to. So building these relationships, I think is very important with these other conservation entities whether we traditionally think we like them or not or what they stand for or what they do, you know, you can still, you can still build these relationships and, and, and it brings more people to the table. It gets more information out there. And, you know, uh, an easement isn't one size fits all for anybody. And, um, you know, having the ability to, to give a landowner information on whatever meets their goals the best, whether that be us or one of these other groups, um, and, and hopefully the same on the other side, you know, and, and just like this fellow that Audubon did for us, you know, bringing someone to the table for us that that fit our 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 group much better than than what he was currently looking at. So, um, yeah, I think this uh, networking with with agencies as well as other conservation groups and and you know on a state and, and national level is is just super important, and that's that's a big part of our role in in our um, in our regions. I agree. And the advancing conservation in Texas really resonates with me on what you said, being able to be open to new groups and help landowners, regardless if it's us or a different conservation group. The, the shared goal is advancing conservation in Texas. And I think that's what's most important and definitely what you guys keep in mind on your day-to-day -day activities. and. That's what makes this regional steward program so awesome. And Clay, I know that there's a big network of conservation in the Trans-Pecos region too. Can you talk a little bit more about that? 
Sure, sure. And I hate following Ken and Brad because now what am I going to say? You know, ditto. (laughs) (laughs) That was so good, Brad and Ken both. Yeah. um, You know, you you touched on it, Hannah, about how taught we, you know, we want to be a tool in the toolbox and and we've we've got I've got so many good tools in my toolboxes here. You know the the NRCS and y'all have all mentioned them. The NRCS Ag Ag Life Extension. Uh, golly, those I've I've probably met more people just because I do know some of the people at NRCS. You know they'll they'll contact me and, and say, hey, this this person you maybe want to talk to them. You know maybe introduce yourself and tell them what TALT is because, like y'all have mentioned, you know a lot of people aren't aware of TALT and aren't aren't aware of uh, you know, how, how we conduct our easements, how we hold our easements, you know, and, and, and Brad, you know, you touched on this and uh, I really don't want to bring up the name, but you know, there's, there's a lot of really strong feelings about easements in this, in the Trans-Pecos region. And, and I had them, you know, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to deny that, you know, I had pretty strong feelings about easements, but uh, you know, the, the way we've, we conduct our easements and we've got more and more every year, you know, I think that the word has gotten out and I think it's through agencies like the NRCS and Ag Life Extension. Uh, I sit on the uh, Trans-Pecos board for the Grazing Lands Coalition. Uh, also the Jeff Davis County Underground Water District. And my father has been on the SWCD for Highland region there at Marfa for, I don't know, 30 years. So you know, we, we, we know a lot of the same people, a lot of people that have been involved for th- 20 or 30 plus years. And, and gosh, you just, you can't ask for a better network of people to help, you know, kind of spread the word about what TALT does. And uh, oh, well, another one of our partners is the Borderland Research Institute at Saul Ross, and we're partners with them. And you know, they, they've just really done a fantastic job and quite honestly made my job pretty easy uh, having them spread the word, you know, talk to people about conservation easements. And uh, it, it's just really nice to have a nice network of people to work with. It, it, it truly does make, make, make all that we do, it makes it very easy. I agree. And just in our conversations today, it's definitely apparent how wide our reaches across Texas and all different subjects and different networks and you guys are doing an outstanding job and I'm excited to have this program continue and grow and just want to thank you guys for joining me this week. Yep thank you for having us enjoyed it. Yeah thank you for hosting Hannah it's it's been a great conversation and I love hearing these these um these other stewards talk about their areas we we talk quite a bit but it's good to sit down and talk specifically about what we do. Yeah, thank you, Hannah. I enjoyed it. Great. I definitely love showing off our great team here at TALT. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, our other staff members will be hosting other podcasts as well. So I'm excited to hand the reins over to each of them in the coming months as we dive into new subjects. For our listeners, if you enjoyed our podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Let us know what topics you'd love to hear more about. And thanks again for joining us. And be sure to join in next month for Beyond the Fence Line. Beyond the Fence Line is brought to you by the Texas Agricultural Land Trust, dedicated to conserving the Texas heritage of agricultural lands, wildlife habitats, and natural resources. Find out more at txaglandtrust.org.